users and devs brought to you by serverpress makers desktop server they make local wordpress development easy check them out at serverpress.com and our friends over at loft provides support for wordpress sites including disaster preparedness patches maintenance and plugin management content updates more all for a flat monthly fee Right now, they're offering a free trial. Check them out at PoweredByLoft.com. I am Jason Tucker. Find me at Jason Tucker on Twitter. Hey. I'm Steve Zangin. I'm the founder of Zeke Interactive, and I run the OC WordPress meetup. I'm Say Read, Say Read Media, at all the things, and just stuff is WordPress, yeah. And I'm Jason Cosper, and I got friends in low places. <laughs> go hit us up over on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and spotify and leave us a review we would appreciate that and join us over on our discord go to dayqrcore.com slash discord where you can uh, come hang out with Casper and i and all the folks that are hanging out with us me too i'll be there eventually when i get my life together <laughs> i'm gonna show so up he has to figure I'm out how to download it up <laughs> Now that's not the problem. We'll get there. So, we're talking about security. Last episode on 388, we talked about um, security, but more in the form of um, know, it's like outside security sort of thing. And this stuff's more like inside security sort of thing, like dealing with the actual folks that already have access to your website. Steve wrote it on. Yeah, and Steve wrote about it on Twitter saying that it's when the devs go rogue, which I, I think is actually a pretty good a pretty good way of describing it. We've seen plenty of these things where somebody goes and gets into their site and maybe they owe money. We've seen those types of things where they owe money and now they're in there messing with stuff. It's a mess. And so we're going to discuss this a little bit. The, cla- so the classic think? example from several years ago was that San Francisco uh fitness website where they got into a money dispute and the dev decided to put up his own page the in in place of their website a nicely designed page that said they owe me money and so i've I've taken down their website did they sue whatever happened with that like i I would imagine they would sue him i don't remember was it fitness sf has that seemed to ring a bell that sounds Um, that that is a deep recollection of that it's what is essentially a meme to me somebody's life but to me it's a meme i don't know but yeah basically that was the thing they didn't get paid so that's one of the main problems and we were talking about an example of someone local to california that we know who did similar tactics and so it's not just random urban legend that this happens this is a real thing this is why i tell all my clients you need to have the keys to your own castle yeah this happens more often than not and more often than you think and essentially the the dispute kind of looks like this and what ah no it looks like this i was i was i was starting to spell it out but my hands were too low what i educate all my clients about when we first start uh, the relationship is that zeke we are a work for hire shop so we are building a work product that the client owns and that, what the, the reason I said that is because that tends to be what's in dispute is, is there there are de- developers that are of the belief that even though they're getting paid as work for hire, they own the work product or they have some sort of ownership stake in the work product that they're building. I.e., it would not be stealing to take down someone's website where or disruptive because they feel ownership of it. And I'll tell you where there's a gray area because there is a little if bit. If they of haven't paid them yet then 
Is it work for hire? Again, it depends on your contract, right? It, it depends what it really depends on what's in your contract. What's but there's contract? a little bit of a gray area, and here's how we distinguish it because there there is intellectual property IP that we use and reuse over and over on lots of different client sites that that we've built and we've grown over time. But once we use it with the client site, it then becomes an that site becomes an iteration of that intellectual property. And the iteration is actually what's owned by the by our clients. Right. So that's ten, that tends to be the crossover. So if a de, if a dev, if 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 you as the client haven't made that distinction with the dev that you own this iteration, then the dev actually may have some belief that they own part of the work product, even if it was a work for hire. Here's the twist though, or, or the twisty question, I suppose, is what about if the dev is inside the house? Yeah. Yep. Right. <laughs> inside the house. <laughs> and, inside and, the business. And I'm assuming what we're talking about is somebody who's inside the house and becomes disgruntled for some reason. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would hope that you don't have, like, there's a different type of protection you need from devs who are just not trying to hurt things, but do. That's a different, but, that's a different show. But, but the same, the same idea still applies with in-house devs. It, even if I'm working in-house, what I'm building is owned by the company that is paying me to, to build it. It's owned by the entity that I'm working for. And, and right. that is, it, 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 I make that distinction on, on purpose because a lot of devs don't understand that. And I think that there's a sort of a belief system that, oh, I built this, it's mine. Even if I was paid to build it, it's it's mine. And that's not true. It technically, not technically, but I, anecdotally on the flip side, I have come across a lot of clients who, or a lot of business owners in general, not necessarily my clients, who feel like they don't actually own their website. They are so distanced from it that they feel like it is. We've hit on this a couple of times with the whole devs hosting their client site. And so oh, like really, yeah. who does own it at that point, right? Like, So let's talk about the things you can own. So there, okay. there are things you can own so that this doesn't happen to you. So there, they, even if somebody does become disgruntled, they don't have the ability to go rogue. Or too rogue. And so I think the first thing, and we have talked about this many times, is your domain name, right? If you are running a website, you need to own and control your own domain name. And, Period, and end of sentence, end of story, end of statement, just do it. Yes. And it, if what I'm saying is foreign, is a foreign concept to you, and you're listening to this podcast, you need to Google this. You need to understand what a registrar is, and you need to own this. So whether it's GoDaddy or Namecheap or Network Solutions or there's a whole bunch of them, you need oh, to have that account. Awesome. And it needs to be it. 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 Those are that. That's an account that is yours, and it, you need to maintain control of it. Right now, what I like about what GoDaddy does is if you are working with GoDaddy, you can delegate access from your account to your dev so that they can make changes on your domain name and then you can then revoke that access. So you're not WPNG giving away- has that too. They have a lot of dev access where you can give access to everything but billing or you can give access well, to different components. So that's- you know, That's on right. the hosting side. So yes, you. the reason oh, right, I bring right, right. this up is that delegate access, you want that in built into all of the tools that you use. And the reason is do not give away your login and password for these things. Don't give away your credentials to right. your registrar. Yeah. It's a bad idea. I could see even taking, essentially pointing the the name, pointing over the domain name to something like Cloudflare and giving them access to Cloudflare That's and fine. then going from there. But yeah, the domain itself, there's so many things that could go wrong if it, if they get in there and start messing with things. And so I'd say in general, 
right? If you're working with a, an outside dev, or I don't know how this would happen inside, but if you're working with an outside dev or an agency that bought your domain name and runs your hosting, then you need to change that right now. And if you are a dev and you own your client's domain name, I am judging you and I think you are wrong. And you should be judged. I'm with Say on this one. Yeah, we're, we're judging you judge. and we think that you're doing it wrong. Hashtag doing it wrong. And I honestly do not feel bad about saying that whatsoever. I, would go, I, go, even, I go even further and say if, it's that, if that's happening, if you're a dev and you own your client's domain name, that's being done with malicious intent. <gasps> yeah, I would yeah. say so. Yeah. yeah, you are it's definitely really difficult. It's really difficult to de decouple that because it's if you wanted to no longer use that developer, that developer essentially owns that domain name. They own the hosting for it. Like all those things should be separated. I usually tell people don't even make, make sure that your web host isn't the place that you buy your domain name from. Buy it someplace else and then buy it, get the web hosting. Make sure all the things are separated out a little bit. That way yep. you don't have to worry about, you know, these sorts of things down the road. I want to talk a little bit more of the it's coming from inside the house yeah. because it's one thing for the devs that you hire to go rogue, the, the outside contractors that you hire to go rogue. But what we touched on a little earlier, the devs that are, and I think this is what started, sparked this entire security conversation for us, is people who work for a company who cause problems. So the work for an agency, like if one of Zeke's people decided to use their access to copy databases or mess up databases or put things in there because they're leaving and they're mad at Steve for some reason. I don't know why anyone never, would ever never, be mad at Steve. That would never happen. Never happen. No one can get mad at cancer sun signs. That's a thing. Yeah. I, I remember when we were discussing this, the, the idea came to me was that the way that I approach things at work, being the IT director that I am, is like, I want to make sure that I can revoke access as quickly as possible. And I've worked in situations where I get an email or a phone call or something from HR saying, hey, in 20 minutes, we're going to be escorting so-and-so out. I don't know what they're going to end up doing. As I go to their desk, I'm going to send you a text message and I just need you to just start turning off stuff. And I'm like, okay, no problem. And I go in there and I turn off one thing and then they dis they're disconnected from their the whole network. Their phone gets disconnected from the mm -hmm. Wi-Fi. Their laptop, it no longer works. What's that? And I, you got and, you got their phone tethered to the Wi-Fi that way. That's that's pretty uh, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah. We use Radius for that, and so you uh, can just tell it say username password. You use your username password. It's not a shared password. So anytime you can make uh, it I, not be a shared password, the better. And with so GitHub, I'm, with any of those places, I we have a similar process to what Jason just said. I'm going to take it a step further. Speaking on the on the HR side, anybody that you part ways with, right? you need to go through this process, right? You can't do it for one and not for the other thinking, oh, you know what? This person's not going to do anything bad or, or malicious because it's those people that actually are usually the ones that, 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 that are the worst. So this policy goes for anybody that you're parting ways with or firing or, or terminating or quit or whatever. I don't care what the, I don't care how amicable it is, go through this process with everybody that leaves the company. Yeah, I would also say if you're a dev and you're leaving a client or if you're a freelancer um, uh, or contractor or an agency, whatever, leaving a client, the same thing goes, not just disconnect your client's connection, but I disconnect. I'm like, I don't want any of your stuff, which I already try to keep it all in their folders and on their stuff when they're giving me assets. But basically it's like, all right, 
We're done. I'm literally deleting everything that I've ever had of yours, your last past connections, your your assets, because I don't want that liability. I want my hard drive space back, but also I don't want the liability. And I also, I've never had this problem, but it's occurred to me a lot that a lot of times after you leave a, a company, for whatever reason, even if it's just their website was done and they're just running their lives, when something breaks later, they're like, what broke, assuming that even if I haven't touched their site for like years, they're like, oh, you must have done something. I'm like, nope, not logging into your site, not responsible for your site. Like, it's your site. I don't have access to it. The last job that I quit, I told them that I was going, I was at a hosting company and I told them I was going to work for another hosting company and I wanted to put in my notice. And they said, that's okay. We don't want you taking anything to the next hosting company. And I said, that's fair. I'm not going to, but that's fair. And the minute I got out of that meeting, my company issued laptop stopped working. And every yep. bit of information that I had pertaining to the company, they basically used what was built in to Mac OS and iCloud at the time and nuked my laptop from orbit. And I was a little annoyed by that. But at the same time, I was like, I absolutely get why they did it, waited for the box to show up and shipped it back. And then I was like, I'm done with this job. I, I have nothing else connecting me to this job. And like I said, I was a little annoyed at the time because I'm like, man, I think I had one or two things that I had like personally grabbed on there that I, I wish that I had saved. But honestly, you shouldn't do that on your company machine. I mean, and for that reason, right? Because right. anything that is all that work stuff, like I work so hard and it's such a pain. But like, I work so hard to keep those boundaries between, at least for my employees, to keep it separate. Here's the work stuff. Do not email me from your personal. Do not, whatever. Like, it's in the Slack. It's on the, the email servers. It's in our Google Drive. Like, I don't want any shared documents from anyone else's, anyone else's Google whatever email accounts. It's done. So we Let's also have a disengagement process when we part ways with a client and we let the client know, Hey, we've disengaged. We don't have any of your access anymore. We've destroyed, we've taken this all out of our one password and our tools are now disconnected from your site. Right. And so for the same reason as say, we don't want the liability, but we also want to let them know it's it just, it's part of our process because like, like Cosper said, we are wiping our hands and if they want to re-engage at some point, no problem. We have a re-engagement process as well. We're not saying, you know, goodbye forever we're just saying we're not liable for anything now it happens after we've parted ways right i think yeah. that can be really confusing for people in general and i think that and i know for a fact for me less so now because i really try to implement really strong practices just in general i've learned so much over the years but when i first started i had a lot of those accesses that were just there and I didn't know so much to disconnect and they didn't disconnect me. And so I could have gone in and accessed people's servers and done whatever I wanted to do. I did not because that's not my vibe, but I could have. And just, it's scary in terms of liability, but also scary in terms of like, just people just leaving their doors open and they don't even know that the door is open. That's right. really, are there any, I had asked y'all as a group about some forms of security obfuscation, but are there any programs that you know of that check for access, like that manage access like that? Do you, what do you guys use to manage those? Is it just Google single sign-on or I know there are programs, but what do you use is my question. 
Yeah, for, for me, it's single sign-on, but it's tied to, we're a Microsoft shop as well. So we have all Microsoft products. We don't use my previous shop that I worked at. It was all Apple stuff. So I could pull off the types of things that Cosper was talking about. But yeah, it's like when you have someone who's that rogue employee that's working for you, you want to be able, you essentially need to treat everyone as the rogue employee or potential rogue employee. And if you do that, then you can quickly and easily just, just go, all right, I'm yanking this out of here. I'm taking this thing away. And the, the less buttons I could do it in, the, the faster I can get it done. So yeah, there, there is that. A simple thing you, you can do, this isn't foolproof, but you can add an activity log monitor inside of WordPress. It does add some extra load in your, on your server and on your database, but at least you can see who's doing what within your right. WordPress site. If let's say somebody still has access to your WordPress site and they decided to modify a post or a page, just log in, even. delete a bunch of posts, just log in. That's right. And so there are activity logging plugins that are, you just install them and, and, and turn them on and they, it looks at everything. So anything that you do inside of WordPress is being logged to that activity log. Again, there are, there's a bunch of them, but those are, yeah. that's a good practice because like say said, you might want to just see if somebody's still accessing your website. And so I think it's important to talk about what might happen if your employee or a contractor goes rogue, like what, what can they do to your site or your server mm -hmm. or your business? Well, right. I mean, here you're probably, do they go rogue before you know it? Because then they really, before you cut off their access, how do you track that? Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I, I think I sent something from Reddit to our group. I posted it in the chat already. If Jason wants to pull that up, it was from r slash legal advice. And it said this employee was hired as a web developer and SEO digital marketing person. He was always pushing blame on others, not following directions and overall just being a subpar employee. Thus he was fired. We joked we should change all the passwords and info from him uh, to keep him from messing things up, but he figured we uh -huh. would, uh, he wouldn't be able to do anything if he were no longer in our office. We were wrong. The employee secretly kept personal records of all of our clients and wreaked all this havoc from home. Half our client sites are completely wiped. Some are half ruined while others remain untouched because we made it just in time to stop him. And they're like, yeah. what is my legal repercussions on this? When like you're too late when you're writing a post to Reddit about the legal <laughs> repercussions. <laughs> Yeah. Tells what it turns into. And again, and sure they can pursue legal action, but the damage is done and there's no way you're going to be able to recoup the damage that's been done. But there's databases, they're, like I mean, backups and that, oh, no. to me that's to me that's the extreme, right? The extreme is they wipe your site. They delete the database, they delete all of your files, they delete the backups. code, you delete like they the backups. They don't hurt you if they've been there is the problem. Yeah. So they go in and they delete everything on the site. Yeah. If you don't have a if you don't have a remote backup or a local backup, you're you are hosed. <laughs> Security. <laughs> What's that? My approach from the security point of view is I only give people access that they need. And then it's annoying, but they have to keep asking you for access. So I give them the minimum amount that they need to do it. So for instance, do they necessarily need the SQL server login in order to be able to get into the production SQL server? Eh, probably not. If you're using like a build process or something like that, that thing's going to take care of all of that. Do they need access to the developer one? Sure, here's the development one. Here's all the stuff to be able to do it. Here, I'll, 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 we'll give you that. 
So I give them just enough, but not too much. And then as they need more, I slowly but surely give them more. For instance, do they need an FTP access to the, to any of the servers if they're using a build process? No, they don't need any of that. All they need is to be able to have access to that, that system that's going to do the building and pushing the code up. And so when you do that, you can now remove some of those you know, some of those pieces from them being able to go and make a quick change to the site and then push it to production and then blow the whole thing out of the water. So if you pretend that they don't need everything, you're not going to have to deal with much of this because you're only giving them enough enough string to slowly you know, but surely but you, get there. But you know what you're doing and so <laughs> but if you were hiring me you're hiring I, me because i know I, what i'm doing I just like it. they hire you they same I get way it. but if you're a small shop and you're running your own wordpress site and you yep. hire a developer to come work on this or you have somebody in-house working on this and you have to part mm -hmm. ways then you could be hosed one of the right. one of the a couple there's a couple types of plugins that i strip out of every site that we inherit one of them is any sort of database backup plugin that's accessible within the wordpress dashboard so i don't like database backups that are there and the ability to make a backup and download a backup that are right there in the dashboard. I, what, about, I use, what about a plugin called bulk edit? Where you can bulk delete all of the content out of the thing because I have a client, uh, we're changing it, but like that I'm like, why is this even installed in the first place? And one of the other plugins uh, that I strip out and I have found a lot lately is uh, WP File Manager or those types of plugins oh, where you geez. actually have access to the code through the WordPress dashboard. WordPress used to have a theme editor in as part of it's the basic there. dashboard. Is it still there? It's still there. It's still there, I, but I, you have to like have approve. To yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And so it used to be enabled by default, but any any anywhere within the dashboard that you can edit the code, I just I I strip those out because those things are just security concerns, right? And maybe those things somebody might not be doing something maliciously. They may just go in and screw up the website because they don't know what they're doing. And those plugins allow you to really screw up the website. Really screwed up. Anything that yeah. writes to the database. I wanted to mention real quick. So I just read this really interesting story that I posted here in Wired about this mental health company in Finland. And so it's not just that the moral of the story here is basically that it's not just about the website, right? Because you also have to think about what is your client's like data. So this company in Finland was a mental health company and they were logging all of their patient records into their server. So they're like taking all these notes, but long story, you can read the I article. Read There's a lot I of variants around it, but basically the, the security folks that they hired to do it erased the initial ransom notice. And now all of these therapy records have been breached and they are all available online. And mm -hmm. so it's like devastating a good portion of Finland because basically all of their mental health records, which is a big deal, is now available online. So it's, of course, it's had huge catastrophic company issues, but in the company's dissolving and all that. But the key thing is you might be like, oh, the website's okay, but what about the what about the actual yeah. content, the actual data that of what your client does? It's easy to forget about that stuff when you're a dev because it, that's just the the data that's moving through but that could be valuable to someone and whether that's an in-house person like it's it seems like it might have been an in-house person in this particular hack but what one, one, one of our rules that, and again we change this on sites that we inherit is don't store sensitive information on your web server it's just a rule of ours you can't get hacked if it's not there and we well, literally yeah. will inherit sites with 
personal data that completely violates GDPR. We've inherited sites with credit card data in them. I'm not kidding. Why do you even keep that in there anymore? I'm not. I had one where the guy backed up his entire computer to the server, and no joke, there were tax records sitting in there. There was all sorts of fun stuff, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put my gloves on here, and I'm going to grab this little stick, and I'm going to move a few of those items, and then I'm going to say, client, you need to fix this. I don't know what you got going on in here, but that you know that that. Your web host is not the place to store this crap. We've inherited sites with passwords and API keys just sitting in a text file on 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 the like in the root of the server. I wish I didn't even keep that something there in the first place. Wait, I wish I was kidding about this stuff. You mean I shouldn't be doing that? <laughs> um, crap! I've so, got to go change. A lot of times, I'll see people writing JavaScript and they'll just put the API key right in the JavaScript. So if you just look at the source. There's their API keys. And these are just, there's a lot of best practices, things that you just need to follow or you have security holes. When, oh, this again, gives me such anxiety. Like it's, I feel like building websites is, in 10 years ago, let alone 20 years ago, was such a different experience. And the idea that we, you know, it's just easy to build a website and you can build a WordPress website that's so easy or whatever. When nowadays there's so much more to it than just building a website. And I think that's really a problem that gets, even with all of these access things with in-house people and whatever, but just like, just the idea that even everybody should be able to do this, it doesn't educate anyone on the idea that of, of security, of protecting your data. Everyone's so obsessed with the front end of the website that no one's even really thinking about all of this information in the back end. And they're like, oh, I'm not using password as my password. So that's secure, it's done. This is why auditing is important. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, when going back to that Reddit post, it not you're not always just dealing with a disgruntled employee. Sometimes you're dealing with a gruntled employee who is perfectly fine with things and just screws up. We all make mistakes. And not anybody on this call. No, I make mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. Yeah, I'm tethered from my phone right now because I I couldn't manage to get my internet running before uh, the show started. Like I I tried, but just it, network trap. However, even with that, like I I hammer this home again and again on this show and have. If you're gonna take a backup, I know your host keeps backups and any good web host keeps backups, but keep your own backup because it, there's a lie I live by, which is one is none and two is one. So if you have a backup, that, if you have a backup that fails, you'll have a backup of the backup. And I don't mean to get like all X to the Z exhibit here oh, with, <laughs> yeah, with, with this, but put a backup in your backup. So then you have a backup. And do not store your backups on your production server. No. Or, by the way, something I've learned recently with your managed WordPress host, because if, for example, your credit card gets hacked or something and you have to cancel it and then suddenly the billing doesn't come through, there are a few web hosts that are like, oh, sorry, you haven't paid us in two weeks. We're taking down everything, including your backups. And then you're like, oh, shoot, I didn't realize that was happening. I think I have to build a whole entire new website for my client, for instance. It's just I'm going through that. I'm going through that right now. We had a fraud event on on the on our our corporate card, and I've had to change it on all the sites to do the automatic billing. And SendGrid just shut us down because I didn't get the emails. Like they just go into junk. So I went in and literally, not only did they shut us down, they deleted all my data. 
and you can and you can send an email because you're using SingGrid. So there you go. I'm so glad that only maybe happened to my friends. But. Yeah. What I, one thing, one more thing I want to get in on this show is if you're using SendGrid, switch to Mailgun right now. Because <laughs> he's mad. Because they suck. <laughs> no personal vendettas here. No sponsors. Yeah. Sponsored by SendGrid, a sponsor? Oh shit. No, not not, no, not this one. <laughs> they, won't be, they won't be anytime soon. No. <laughs> All right, folks, well, that's it for today. I want to say thank you very much for coming and hanging out with us. I do want to let you know that next week we're going to be doing a dev branch and we'll be talking about dev type things as we this usually is, do. This is we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Talk to y'all later. Have, have a good one. Bye. Subscribe to us on our different places where you can download a podcast we're all over the place just so you know we're on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher spotify and as well as youtube so if you're listening to this um go and subscribe us talk to y'all later bye-bye